Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Well, hello, this is Mike Bell, and you are listening to my real estate show. I've been selling for 19 years and have been told I'm ranked in the top 1% of all realtors in the nation. I'm a licensed California broker. I only work on referral, and you won't find my ads in newspapers or magazines because that's how other realtors get their business. This year, I'm on track to almost double the amount of sales I had last year. And last year, I was the number one agent out of all Keller Williams agents in the San Gabriel Valley. I like to think I know what I'm talking about, but the truth is I learn many new things every day in this crazy business. Well, this is a talk. This is a call-in show, and you can reach me at 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT, 888-463-60, I'm sorry, 463-6748. My producer is pointing at me. I'm not supposed to say 6748. So let me give you the number again for the call-in, 888-463-6748. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> After the show, you can always call me on my personal cell phone. My personal cell phone is 888-401-1555. Yes, I have a 888 number for my personal cell phone, 888-401-1555. My email is mikebell at kw.com. My website is themikebellteam.com. So uh, we're in our, our newer studio. We just got all of our talk zone paraphernalia. We had this big banner up, a big sign up. Looks pretty good. You know, we need to do video. Well, on to business. Uh, in this rising market, I'm always getting a lot of phone calls. I'm now getting phone calls from clients saying they want to move up to a bigger house. Well, I'm probably the worst realtor in the world. I always tell them they need to look into the cost of adding on. Um, you know, in a marketplace where a nice house can actually sell out here in Pasadena for $500 a square foot, uh, you could usually add on for a lot less. And uh, like I said, I'm the worst realtor in the world. I tell people to add on instead of sell. So my guest today is going to help us with help with all of that. He's going to help these people who are contemplating to add on to their home. And uh, it'll also help, help any really help anybody who who's bought a home, uh, really anybody who's owns a home, thinking about um, owning a home, hoping to own a home. So I'm fortunate to have a wonderful guest. His name is uh, Harold Bisner. Hi, Harold. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. Uh, thank you very, very much for coming. Um, a little bit about Harold uh, before we dive into our subject matter. First off, your roots. Your grandfather is a locally known uh, architect. Yes, he is, as is my father, uh, who followed in... Uh, uh, Harold Sr.'s footsteps, and then uh, Harold Jr. carried that mantle. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, am a licensed building contractor for the last 29 years, not having aspired to architecture. I, that was uh, one gene missing in the uh, in the transition. <laughs> uh, if you're a, a local, uh, I have a lot of local real estate agents that listen to my show. But if anybody, if any of them or anybody in the world wants to Google Bisner, B-I-S-S-N-E-R. They'll, they'll see how prominent your grandfather was. Uh, there's the Bissner House in Pasadena. There's, if you have a house that was designed by your grandfather, it is in the first line of the marketing comments to try to sell that house because it's, uh, it's kind of treated like a, a living museum. Yes, and uh, you know, as with uh, so many people that engage in the arts, and architecture is an art in many, many respects, um, they're... Uh, their true value is uh, rarely realized uh, until following their demise. And in my grandfather's <laughs> yeah, case, true. that was the issue. Yeah. My father, however, has had some uh, notoriety for the residential work he did. This was most. Uh, this was post World yep. War II, most and be modern, yep. and a very odd house on a cinder cone uh, that was most recently owned by the late Huell Hauser out in Newberry Springs, California also known as Nowheresville, the middle of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a construction defect expert. You hold a California contractor's license, and you've been providing, get this, this is, you've been providing expert witness testimony in court since 1997 related to construction disputes. You're, uh, you're, your company is Systems Building Incorporated. You're in Los Angeles. You have a team of engineers, inspectors. 
You have very impressive people here. And you founded this in 1984. And you're oftentimes hired to evaluate the cost of repair, loss of use, contract accounting, standards of care. I have this long list, uh, change orders, planning contract deviations, errors and emissions, water intrusion, Oh boy, this is going to take too long if I read it all. No, and and, and, um, and a little later on, perhaps we'll get to that information that folks can review on their own because it uh, it is rather lengthy. It involves a lot of keywords, uh, but succinctly, I'm recognized uh, by the courts as a uh, disinterested third party mm-hmm. yeah. who uh, makes an analysis and either uh, supports or refutes or something in the middle related to claims and disputes that homeowners may have with their contractors and vice versa. You've been the go-to guy, uh, and you found a fantastic niche for the last few decades. You know, I imagine you could be a contractor's worst nightmare, or you could also be their best friend. Um, actually, I've done my bona fides on that to qualify for <laughs> federal court testimony that's upcoming, and I'm at nearly an exact 50% um, representing the interests of Plaintiff at fifty percent, and uh, the defendant at fifty percent. Uh, most of this has been residential related, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm in a very good position uh, to be able to see both sides, and that's what I try to do when I become involved in these matters: is to see both sides. Well, what I really liked about your website, I went through it, and I really liked this sentence. And I'm just going to read this sentence. I really liked this. This was very impressive. The key to prevailing in litigation is brevity in illustrating the issues and facts while employing terminology and exhibits that are comprehensible to the layman. Equally important is accuracy, depth of analysis, documentation, presentation, and credibility. So you're, 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 you're brought into, uh, oftentimes, uh, if there's a construction project that went kaput, uh, went, something bad happened, you're brought in, Oftentimes you'll you'll fix it. You'll you'll figure out how to fix it. What what went wrong, and um, and hopefully it doesn't have to go to court. Uh, yeah, and that's what that's one of my primary goals. And those the attorneys that I most enjoy working with, the professionals, uh, are those that are interested in settling these matters, not in prolonging uh, costly litigation. Uh, there's a fine line there. Sometimes uh, things can't be worked out ahead of the yeah. uh, courtroom. That's life. Well, I almost forgot. You're also, you also write a construction column in the newspaper, and uh, you're also a councilman. Now, that really sounds like the toughest part of your life. Yes, and I, uh, I feed the dog. <laughs> yes, and I feed the dog in the evening, and I run the robot vacuums and do the laundry uh, while my wife is at work because I work out of the home quite a bit. <laughs> well, you've worked on prisons, dairy production facilities, slaughterhouses, corporate office expansions, restaurants, veterinary hospitals. We're not going to talk about any of that. Now. No. I've most uh, recently, over the last 16 years, mm-hmm. uh, I grew somewhat weary of the antiseptic environment related to what you've mentioned. And I was introduced to custom residential construction and rehabilitation of, uh, of old homes, trying to renew them to their original uh, glory, which... Uh, You're in the perfect spot for that. I am, I am, as, as are you as a broker and an agent in uh, representing buyers and these wonderful, diverse homes in this region. Now, um, so we're going to talk about what a homeowner should know about when they buy a house, what they should look for in a contractor, how the process should go, um, and the and the idea of, you know, really avoiding to have to call somebody like you. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, well, okay, uh, you know, um, pre-production we had a brief discussion, and, and I stated to you then, uh, although I do uh, in part make my living in forensics and uh, litigation, I will be the first to say, and I'm put the, putting this on the record, that uh, that should be avoided at all costs. And quite frankly, many of the cases that I've been involved with over the last 17 years, I felt could have been resolved with perhaps uh, a 12-pack or a bottle of wine on the tailgate of a truck between the uh, parties that were having difficulties. Uh, Instead, sometimes folks, be it ego or money or pride, uh, choose to pursue litigation, and oftentimes an attorney will, will promulgate that, you know, two, three years later, and many tens of thousands of dollars, there may be a settlement. 
Well, oftentimes you were telling me that you kind of act as a kind of, I guess you call a quasi-mediator, where you'll go just go between the parties and kind of tell them what you think. And have you ever had that? Inst- have you ever uh, gone the back of a pickup truck with beers? Uh, yes, in fact, I have. <laughs> uh, I've done it between warring homeowners. In that case, it was um, uh, a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. And uh, did it work? It did work. It worked excellent. How many bottles? <laughs> well, there were three of us, and we actually only got uh, perhaps halfway through a, huh. a standard <laughs> bottle. And what well, it was not Chubuck Chuck either. I uh, I just thought that might be a good peace offering, and. Um, a lot of things can be worked out when you have a third party that has no interest in the outcome of the issue inevitably, yeah. and that's what I strive. And know. bring a fresh perspective, and hopefully they can get the egos out of the way. Yes, and point out the failings on the part of both parties. Sure. And, and, uh, in real estate, which, of course, uh, you are well knowledgeable of and um, for many years engaged in, I'm certain that you find yourself – uh, doing much the same between a potential buyer and a seller, uh, be it no matter Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a broker. I'm, my job is to negotiate so they can get – everybody has the same finish line. And what, they, part, of, what part of broker and brokering, uh, it, rela- it relates perfectly to media, mediation. Sure. It's yeah. the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Almost. And you uh, clearly <laughs> do it expertly because uh, you're in the top 1%. Uh, I I'm very impressed with that. I, the first time I met you was perhaps 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, we were introduced. I didn't see you for a few years after that. Um, I've always been very impressed with you. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you, thank it, you. I've been impressed with you. That's true. why I asked you to. I asked you months ago if you could, if I wanted to book you for the show. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you. So, hey, I'm an average homeowner, and I want to add on or remodel my house. What should I be? What's the first steps I should be doing to kind of ensure, hopefully, ensure that I have a, I get good value, I get the right contractor, I don't have headaches during, after, or when I sell the property. Um, well, well t- t- tell me, my tell my clients. Let me jump in and uh, let's tell all of the listeners uh, the very first place to start. Uh, you've uh, presumably in this scenario. Uh, you've had a successful closing of escrow and you're, well, first of all, you're buying the home. You're going to have a professional home inspector uh, conduct an inspection on that home. Yeah. I, I am, um, I'm stringent about that in that advice, uh, as are you, because it's just most prudent. And then you know where the, the warts are, are buried and whatnot. Uh, and then you've closed escrow. You're taking possession, and you want to improve that home, uh, perhaps add on, the very first best place to start is at the city hall or your county building agency. And what you're looking for there, and, uh, you know, approach the building officials with an open mind and uh, the utmost of graciousness, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a lot more bees with a little bit of honey. And they will be very out front with you related to any limitations that may be uh, put upon that home. If it's, a, if it's in a historic district, there's certain things that need to be complied with. They'll let you know or steer you to the agencies uh, related to that. If you want considering adding on, they'll give you a pretty good idea of just how far you can go with that, both in relation to the property lines and setbacks as well as, uh, oh, there's oftentimes height restrictions uh, and overall footprint. That is, if you've got a, let's say, 6,000-square-foot property and the footprint of the home is currently 2,000, there may be intrinsic limitations in the neighborhood that you can't go past Mm 2,500. And so now you're getting an idea of the limits of what you can do, and you can begin planning from there. Um, and uh, as to where to go next, you want to find your contractor. Uh, we actually uh, – buyers can do their own inspections. They can hire, at least for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, we're, pull, we're getting pulled into a commercial break, but we're going to be back in a few minutes. But we're here with uh, Jamie Bisner, who's a forensic expert in construction. And we'll be back in two minutes. You're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mm-hmm. 
back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. All right. Welcome back to the show, Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with uh, Jamie Bisner. I think I may have skipped that uh, your name is Harold Bisner. But uh, tell me a little bit about that. You, you go by Jamie. Well, yeah, you initially introduced me as uh, Harold Bisner, and I um, concurred with that. Uh, you can call <laughs> me just about anything. You concurred. Yes, I concurred. <laughs> uh, You're off the witness stand. Oh, that's right. I, 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 I'm going, I, Sir. I am going to avoid the multisyllabics. Right. Uh, my nickname was Jamie because whenever we had a family gathering, we had Harold Sr., Harold Jr., and Harold III, and when Harold was called, it drew a crowd. And uh, coming from a somewhat large Irish Catholic family, uh, it could be dangerous, uh, depending upon the occasion. So I was Jamie. And well, I have, I have an Irish Catholic family, too, but uh, we didn't get together that much because we probably took it to the next step uh, that your family had. You, your family got together. <laughs> oh, we, we stopped. <laughs> Well, let's just say uh, several times a year we'd have a function, and then we'd remember why we only got together several <laughs> times a year. <laughs> there was there was something interesting that you were talking about. I want to hit on um, in, at least in California, at least the, in, in my practice. When you when you buy a property, there's always what is a, an addendum to the contract that says inspection advisory, and it basically says if for a buyer, the buyer signs that with the contract that the, I should say the offer. Hasn't turned into a contract yet until the seller has accepted it. That advises the buyer that they should do an inspection. They should do a competent inspection. They should find an inspector. Now they can hire anybody they want. They can't hire me. They can't hire somebody in my brokerage. Okay, but if they want to hire their, um, I've had I've had clients that hire their brother-in-law who's a plumber, and they they want to use that person to inspect the whole property. They can. I have some clients that just don't want to do an inspection. And they just want to buy the property as is. And I basically tell them, you're knucklehead if you don't inspect your own property. But if you decide not to inspect your own property, here's some more forms. There's another form it's, we have. It's called an inspection. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a waiver of inspection. And there's another form that we have, which uh, we the client we ask the client to sign. Basically, it says this is what we recommend. We recommend you do you soils, um, you know, roof. Uh, AC, plumbing, electrical, general home inspection, termite, on and on and on. And they initial this little section, keep in, initialing all these little sections that say they decline it, they decline it, they decline it. I don't, it's funny in my business, I sell a lot of houses. Um, I would say maybe 10 or 15% of the buyers don't want to do the inspection. They just say, well, I'm just going to fix it all anyway. But once I get that paperwork, I know you're rolling your eyes, but once they get that paperwork, they go, holy I should I should inspect it, and then they they wind up not signing the paperwork. But tell me about your eye rolling here. Uh, what, what happened? Oh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, um, sage advice uh, to. Uh, well, I can't as, force them. It's well, no, America. They can no, do whatever you they can't. want. And, and and that's the reason for the documentation. I acknowledge that they've been advised and that they refused, and it's unfortunate that people would refuse. Uh, that first of all, they would refuse to effectively inspect their own home, their new domicile. Probably the biggest investment ever. Exactly. And something that they'll most likely retain for some years. And they should do their own inspection first. And as you've mentioned, um, engage all form of other inspections that uh, are appropriate uh, and perhaps on the list. You're making a huge investment when you're buying a home. Uh, you want to know that it sits on a, a good foundation, that nothing has been conducted that would contribute to um, problems such as damage uh, or faulty electric. And uh, you know, follow your real estate in agents and your real estate brokers' advice, first of all. If you want to have your brother-in-law inspect it, that's fine and good and well because at the very least you've got uh, a third party that uh, is casting a set of eyes that may raise some questions. With that said, and I'll try to be as brief as possible, I've had um, many cases over the 17 years as an expert, and one that stands out the most, and I did a brief narrative on this for an article, is a case uh, in L.A. that uh, the home buyer 
uh, refused to have a home inspector look at the home. Mm-hmm. Well, the seller, and I was working with the attorney representing the seller who was being sued for breach of contract and failure to disclose defective work. Mm-hmm. His job was a model maker and set builder for the studios, and he uh, employed his expertise on this home. Unfortunately, this was not a set that was going to be stricken following a two-week shoot. It was a home. <laughs> And he did a lot of substandard work. And as an expert and professional, I illustrated the faults in his work. Well, mm-hmm. the seller was, the buyer was seeking $420,000 and I illustrated about $80,000 of actual defects that he should be uh, liable for. Um, this settled out, but the bottom line was that the judge who was the finder of facts and uh, inevitably decided this case, felt that the buyer had culpability because she did not engage a home inspection of any kind. Hmm. And uh, that pretty much had, let's just say that she had done the home inspection and the inspector had not competently found all of the matters. Well, the, um, the, client that I worked with would have been held for more liability. Mm. That's how that works. But the and I felt very bad for the buyer, the plaintiff, because um well, she painted herself into that corner as people often do. Sure. Take your uh, take your broker's advice. That's that's what he's there for. He's yeah, working with you. So if you're uh, if you're contemplating an add-on or a remodel uh, you were talking about the first thing is probably go down to City Hall. Chances are there's a permit center there, and just go. You can go up to the front desk. I mean, they have it. They have a whole bunch of different cities where I'm at here in Pasadena around us, and there's a you know probably 15 city halls within a 15 mile radius of here, and you can just ask them, hey, what do I need to do? What what, what do I need to worry about? Exactly, and and they will be most most forthcoming. Uh, I mean, that's their job, and they uh, they do enjoy doing their job and imparting this information. Uh, to the new resident. Uh, another resource that um, is a fallback position is a city council person that represents uh, your district where you're moving to or your county supervisor's deputies in their office. They're wonderful people who would love to steer you in the right direction so that everything moving forward mm-hmm. works on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And following this, uh, you're going to I feel, want to engage the services of a designer or an architect. And this gets to, you should be dealing with professionals on everything that you're doing when you're making the types of investments related to remodeling a home, refurbishing a home, or adding on to a home. These can run to the many tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, professionals are those who are going to see to it that your money is best spent. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll want to vet your professionals a bit by way of uh, perhaps um, getting references from others, uh, looking into their background, and you always, always go to the appropriate licensing agency in the state. Uh, for contractors, that would be insert name of state Contractors License Board. You can get it online. You can get it in the phone book, and mm-hmm. you can get it from the building department. Check up on their license and see if they've had any citations. Make sure that they're appropriately licensed for what you're considering having them doing or conducting. Uh, well, I've noticed, too, one of the things that I've um, – architects, local architects, oftentimes they'll do a free consultation or they'll, they'll come to the house – for a half hour free consultation, and they'll meet the client. They'll make sure everything you know they can like each other. Of course, they can work with each other. That's what the architect's looking at, mm-hmm. and also um, brainstorm a little bit with the homeowner and say, you know, this is what you might be able to do. You might be able to do this. You might want to consider this. This is how you know. How do you live your life? Are you do you eat, do you like to eat outdoors in the summer? Patio. I mean, what do you what do you like? And kind of get some general ideas. And that's free, usually. Most architects will do it for free. You're exactly right. Uh, it's uh, in, many, in Builders, too, when you go to that next step, mm-hmm. we'll give you that 30-minute uh, consultation. Uh, and, of course, what you'll be discussing then is what um, you've perhaps, hopefully, worked with the architect on. And 
a lot of it is personality, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there has to be a good fit. Yeah. Uh, sometimes folks just don't get along for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, you know, find the type of person that um, that you mesh with, and in that uh, initial architectural consultation, no, you're not going to get the full design, but he's no. going to get an idea of just what's involved, and he's going to be able to come back to you with a modicum of an idea of what the cost involved would be, the feasibility, and the options. And I think that if you're a homeowner, don't be offended if the architect asks you if you have the money. Don't ever be offended at that. <laughs> They're going to ask because you uh, want to make sure you can afford it. Money is a primary concern, and as I stated, uh, you can get into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if if you have no background in having conducted anything like this previously, where the architect has that background as a way of making a living. Mm -hmm. Um, And two, oftentimes your real estate agent and your broker, following the close of escrow, uh, be more than happy to help you in finding the right architect for the project that you're considering. Well, anyway, the money is the bottom line. And since you don't know what you're getting yourself into, the architect probably has a pretty good idea from recent similar projects. Well, and I'm assuming you'd want to have, just like a real estate agent, you'd want to hire somebody who's local, who understands the customs, that he has a relationship with the, the folks at zoning and, and the permit center. and Without question. Say it, it makes it a little bit easier. Again. Not reinventing it. Again, Michael, sage advice. <laughs> it's always, it always amazes me how people... Well, that. Yes. Okay. Also, <laughs> also talk about contractors. I mean, hiring a, hiring a, 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 con, a, a good architect will probably have um, at least two or three references. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, referrals, and they'll probably give you a few names for contractors that they work well with, that have a great reputation, that finish projects that are local, and they ought to be able to let you know that yeah, you can go look at these projects. Yes, and the um, the. Uh, thing that my father has always referred to as the adversarial triangle uh, where you have three <laughs> three elements you have Interesting. the homeowner yeah. the architect and the builder uh-huh. now the adversarial aspect is that the experienced architect um, and the homeowner are on the one side they're on one team they're on one side of the net the contractor's all alone on the other side, and that's the adversarial aspect. So the, the architect is going to see to it that the contractor doesn't try to uh, play any, pull any phonies on the homeowner. He's there as, a, um, as another ear mm-hmm. saying, nope, that's not quite right, or that extra's not legitimized. So that's the way, that's the ideal way to do it. And they all have to get along. Of what I've noticed, and I've done this before in my rehabs, I'll hire an architect and then I'll, I'll bring in my own contractor and then I find out later, halfway through the project, they're actually not getting along. So we're gonna, we're gonna talk more about that. We're gonna go into our second break. Remember, this is a call-in show, but you're in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Jamie Bisner talking about construction defects and how to uh, evaluate a contractor right now. So, Come right back to that. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. All right. Welcome back to the show. My name is Mike Bell. I'm here with Jamie Bisner, forensic expert, uh, construction contractor, enemy, and friend. (laughs) We're talking about... um, the first steps in, in hiring a contractor, we're going to talk about why you should hire a contractor also. But um, in terms of um, you were talking about checking their license, what else should we be checking on? Uh, well, first and foremost, general contractor. of course, is um, make certain they are, in fact, licensed. There's some people that pull the, the six digits out of the air and call it their license, and when, in fact, it belongs to someone else. Or their brother-in-law or, or their buddy. You know, yeah. Your buddy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on the basis of the handyman, um, run, run, <laughs> stay away from that. Yeah. That said, uh, you once you've ascertained that this contractor is, in fact, uh, licensed and his license is in good standing, and that is on a state level. Okay. Um, again, insert name of state, contractors, or builders, license board. Gotcha. Uh, next is you want to check that he has workers' compensation insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state license board will be able to give you that information. 
many contractors work uh, solo. They don't have employees and are not uh, compelled to carry workers' compensation. If you've got, uh, and you can find that out through the state, or ask for his certificate from the insurance company. It's really very important because if he's employing someone that's not covered and that someone saws a finger off or has a very tragic accident, there could be some uh, litigation issues. And I'm not speaking as an attorney. I'm only speaking from experience, and I'll give my Mm -hmm. disclaimer now, that I'm not an attorney. I'm a forensic expert, but I've worked with a lot of attorneys and a lot of different cases, and I can give you my, uh, my experience and anecdotes on that. That said. But if you, if you ask them for this, I mean, if, if they have it, they shouldn't be offended. Oh, they no, should, never. It's, they, they shouldn't be, uh, they should, they should be able to say, oh yeah, 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 no problem. I'll email it to you, right? It's, is that something they can email? Is that a document or is it? They, uh, it can be emailed. It can be uh, snail mailed. Okay. Um, and, yeah, they they should be as forthcoming with their certificate of insurance as they are with their business card when they're trying to get the work from gotcha. you. Okay. And in addition, and uh, you know, here in California, we are not required to carry a liability insurance policy, but it is certainly advisable. Mm-hmm. Um, liability does not um, cover all issues. It doesn't cover. Uh, sloppy workmanship, but if the contractor's truck loses its brakes at the top of the driveway and plows through the house, uh, damaging it, well, that's covered, among many other things. And that liability policy should really be in the area of a million dollars, a minimum of a half a million dollars. It protects the contractor, and it protects you, the client, as well. Um, Thirdly, and just as importantly, most states require a contractor to carry what's, carry what's called a surety bond. Now, a surety bond is not an insurance policy. It is simply a means uh, by which a homeowner who has been wronged uh, or one of the workers or material suppliers who has been wronged by the contractor mm-hmm. can re- recover a limited amount of uh, the funds. And this applies to a contractor that gets all the material uh, paid for for your job. It's delivered. He gets halfway through and he decides he wants to go surfing and uh, doesn't want to uh, work on your home anymore. Mm-hmm. And you've been left with a half-done project. You can go to this bond. Here in California, that's uh, a $12,500 bond. That's the limit. Different states, different amounts mm-hmm. where it's required. And once you've proven your case against that uh, contractor, uh, or if he didn't pay his lumber bill at the end of the job and the lumber company comes to you and wants to lien your property to get that money, although you already paid it to the contractor, the bond may be uh, an advantageous tool. The bonding company pays off uh, the individual who has been wronged and they go through legal means on their own to recover that money from the uh, Okay, so we've we've got a license, workman's comp, liability insurance, bond, those four things. Mm-hmm. Um, referrals. Referrals. You know, that's it can be a sticky wicket oftentimes because, of course, a builder is only going to give you those referrals that are um, his best, sure. his most satisfied. And I will be the first to say that as a contractor over 29 years, I have not satisfied fully every single clientele. There's been... Well, you can't make them all happy. Sometimes, 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 sometimes things just don't work out or things go wrong. But you know, I, but I have never been, uh, I've never been named in a lawsuit, never been party to a lawsuit because mm-hmm. when I'm wrong, I check my ego, I look at it realistically. Mm-hmm. I'll bring in another contractor and have him look at my work and say, "Did I go wrong here?" And when I have, I'll throw money at the problem, fix it, and make it go away because that's the right thing to do. Uh, now, in uh, hiring your contractor, do pay attention to some of the uh, referrals he may give you because you may be able to speak to some people that are very satisfied and get to view the nature of the work that he conducted. Uh, you can also get referrals from friends, neighbors, and quite frankly, uh, even though you've closed escrow on this home in this uh, scenario, Speak with your agent or your broker that worked with you in this transaction because 
they're probably well established, and if uh, you're very happy with how things worked out there, they're probably a pretty good person, and they can steer you to good contractors, good contacts. And well, I have a huge database. We, we, we sell a lot of houses. I wind up talking to a ton of people. I keep everybody in my database. I touch base with them and send them uh, you know, various cards and stuff like that. But um, I know I, just because I think I'm, I'm in this business, I've been so long and I do so much business, I actually know a lot of contractors, a lot, a lot of uh, architects, and I know a lot of bad ones too. And um, an agent that doesn't do that many sales is not going to know that many people. It's just the way it is. That's true. And uh, no singular resource for referrals and whatnot uh, is going to be 100% reliable. Uh, I'll give a, another anecdote uh, related to uh, sometimes material suppliers, let's say the lumber yard, mm-hmm. uh, and you would think that's a, a wonderful place to go because they sell the lumber, they know the contractors, and uh, they know the deadbeats, and they know the, the great guys. And it's somewhat of a coin toss because you may go to that lumber yard and you may ask them, uh, you know, who would you refer, and they may very well refer uh that contractor, which owes them the most money, just hope in hopes of putting him to work, that he'll be able to pay his debt. I've given up on asking lumber yards and other places for referrals because sometimes they just give you a card. I'm sorry, they, they point you to a, 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 a bulletin board, or they just give you a box of little cards and say, "Go ahead and you know these are the ones that do business with us." And that's not really a referral. I, That's I've, just a customer list. I've given up, and, and I never thought about what you just said. Maybe there is a contractor that owes them money, and they're going to try to get steer some business their way. Wow, that's kind of scary. Well, there's not there's not absolute adversity in that because I would like to think that the well-established <laughs> lumberyard is uh, going to, while uh, we all get upside down as builders at some point in our career, and I would like to think that they're going to steer you to an excellent builder who simply got behind. Uh, but that's not, uh, I, I can't state that with absolution. Right. So I, you're just best off going other avenues to find the right guy to do the job. And uh, although I don't have much experience with this, I have heard a lot of good things related to Angie's List and those referrals. I don't know how you feel about that or what your knowledgeability is. Uh, everything I've got is just hearsay. I've just got a, a very small list of architects and contractors that I refer and um, that that's been my experience, and and I'll tell you, they are uh, they they do me right. They do my clients right too. And they make me look good, and that's what's important on a referral. We got a we got our first phone call. We have uh, John from Kansas City, Joanne. I'm sorry, from Kansas City, and uh, Joanne. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for calling. You have a question oh. for me or Jamie? Um, I have <laughs> a question. Jamie. Well, for both of you, I guess for Jamie. Okay. I just bought a home. It's a 1950s home, and it needs a lot of work. And um, the previous owner didn't do it that good of a job, and I want to fix it all up and freshen it up. Uh, where should I start? Okay, let me just uh, pose a, a question. couple of questions to you. Uh, it's a 1950s home, and it's out there where you reside there in Kansas City, Missouri. And... Um, the uh, Do you want to add on to this home? Are you expecting to add to the family, or is this uh, more cosmetic and and maybe freshening it up and making it more modern? Which is it? Do you want to put on more footage? or? Wanna, well, I, not add on. I just okay. want to freshen it up. We do the kitchen, the bathroom. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, then what this leads to is, uh, while we always think of builders in a generic fashion, that is a general building contractor does it all, um, within that uh, genre, we have specialty building contractors, those that have a lot of experience in doing just what you'd like to do. And that's where you need to um, become focused. Uh, You don't want a new home builder, of course. And you don't want an addition remodel contractor. They're tooled and geared towards slightly different things. Uh, one way to get started on this, which I think is a good method, is to get in touch with uh, a designer or an architect. 
in your region uh, that is a member of an association, uh, designers association, be it local or state or national, uh, and an architect who is uh, AIA, that stands for Architects in Association. These are the people to start with, uh, unless you've uh, got the designer gene and you don't need a designer to help you go in the right direction. Uh, that's your first best start. They're going to come up with uh, all the right things to conduct, and they are probably going to have a list of contractors that they prefer to work with. Now, beyond that, uh, interview a couple of other contractors not affiliated with the architect or the designer to get a little way in balance. Now, from there, you may wind up with several quotes, three or four quotes. You don't want to choose the highest quote, and you don't want to choose the lowest quote. If you've got some quotes in between, that's where you want to go and then sort of refine your search related to what the guy's done, what he's accomplished, and uh, if you like the way he deals with you. How does that sound? That sounds great. That's a very great advice. Thank you very much, Jamie. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And thank you for your phone call. Um, um, we're going to take a break. And you're in the you're listening to the Michael Real Estate Show. And uh, thank you. That was that was a that was some really very good advice. We'll be right back in two minutes. Thank you. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Jamie Bisner, forensic expert and uh, contractor's best friend and biggest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were just talking about how, you know, okay, so I, this caller wanted to remodel her house in Missouri. And she, what were the first steps? Okay, I'm sitting here listening to you and going, wow. Okay, I can hire a designer. I can hire an architect. Uh, I just want to do a regular house. This sounds really expensive. I mean, how? I mean, how do these people work? Can I can I pay somebody two hundred bucks to give me color ideas and a few ideas, and I shake their hand and they leave? How does the industry work? I guess everything's probably negotiable. There, I just answered my own question, but no, not necessarily. How does somebody? I mean, nobody wants to spend that kind of money. Um, it's actually an excellent. This is an excellent. But they should. Question. But well, yeah, excellent question and an excellent approach uh, that you have. Um, okay, you want to fix up your home. You're not adding on to it, but you want to make it nicer, give it a little renewal. Uh, you really do want to have the professional, engage the professional, just as you did when you made the home purchase, hopefully, with uh, your real estate agent, broker, as well as any inspections that were yeah. done. Now you're ready to go to that next step and make this new house purchase a home. Go to the professional. Uh, your, your initial consultation, be it by phone or in the, their office or at your home, uh, at least from my point of view, should not uh, be charged. You get 20 or 30 minutes with this professional, bounce some ideas off, to give them an idea of where you are and where you want to go. And that's going to give them an idea of how to quote the potential cost for their services, how involved it will be. And they've got Some of them are going to want to have... If they want hand-holding for the whole construction project. I wouldn't want hand-holding. I just want to kind of get some direction, some ideas, and uh, I'm a little cheap sometimes, and off you go. I'd like to write a check for a few hundred bucks and get some really good direction. But you, does, does it work that way? Uh, it can, it, yes, <laughs> yes, it can. And I prefer the uh, the term prudent, not cheap. But it's true. It is it is prudent. And you establish that up front and in the beginning. How uh, sir or madame, how much are you going to charge me based upon what we just discussed to uh, help me realize my dreams and uh, simply do a rendering, uh, a color chart, a tile chart, and your recommendations. They should be able to give you a flat fee. While it certainly may not be two or $300, it may be more in the area of two or $3,000, depending upon the scope of work, uh, that's one way to go. Some homeowners... Uh, 
prefer to have somebody walk them through the project a day at a time or a week at a time. Well, that then, uh, the initial cost of that two or three thousand dollars, uh, will be followed by an hourly billing, uh, whenever you feel the need to have them visit the site. To make it's the same with an architect. An architect it's do, exactly A lot the of same. architects will do colors and everything like that, just like a designer, too. Yes, oh, and that's true. Yeah, an ar- architect trumps designer. And some contractors can do it, too. I mean, if they've done this over and over again um, and you like their work. There are full-service contractors that are very, very talented. They just never uh, took the time to, or never had the time, to get their sheepskin from a college, uh, the USC School of Architecture or whatnot. Uh, but uh, they're extremely talented. My grandfather uh, and father both, who are both highly renowned architects, neither one of them ever graduated high school. World War II got in my father's way. Hmm. And uh, in my grandfather's case, uh, things were a little bit uh, less stringent in 19. 19- 18 when he got his first drafting job in the shipyards of Long Beach. You so, just destroyed the values of like 100 homes in Pasadena by saying that. <laughs> I, I don't know because if you, if you look at the, if you look at the backgrounds and indications of many of our renowned architects, especially from the early part of the 20th century, uh, many of them never had that type of formal uh-huh. training. Back then it was almost a, a guild approach where you apprenticed with those who had perhaps been schooled in East Coast, bearing in mind that we didn't have fully developed educational institutions yeah, That's right. in, in those periods. Yeah, it was the great frontier out here, just you know, a bunch of empty land. And- you should see the, uh, the picture of my great Aunt Emma in her six-shooter and uh, the biplane that she flew uh, from Washington to Alaska and from... Uh, Vancouver, Washington, down here to Alhambra to tote my father around when he was 10 years old. Oh, wow. She was one of the uh, very first female flyers dating to 1912. Wow. One of of the things that I want to touch on is, uh, uh, well, I think people should call their real estate agent if they have a really good real estate agent because, uh, for example, I get calls all the time. I'll go to somebody's house and I can give them some ideas. The thing is, you may want to run through. You can get some ideas from your realtor. It's free, okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you may want to ask the realtor, "Hey, this is what I want to do. Am I shooting myself in the foot if I do an add-on or a remodel and I do it this way? Because I'm not going to live here for the rest of my life. I might be here for ten years. Am I going to? Is this it? What I want to do is a little different. Is it going to be so different it's going to screw up my sale in 10 years? And that's the kind of question I think you should ask your real estate agent. And a good one will know. You know, I'm agreeing with you far too much here today. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of houses. With our our Irish backgrounds, we should be be, uh, throwing punches by now. uh, I I see remodels and it's like, are you kidding me? Why do they do this? What were you thinking? They spend, you know, I've seen kitchens where they've done two or three hundred thousand dollars of work. And the new buyer hates it. You just shake your head and you say, oh, my God. And it and hurt value. Yes. And, and that's that's one of these client-specific things where sometimes designers, builders, architects wind up with a difficult client. That uh, yeah. The whole thing began as one thing, and then it morphed in the process. And the architect's in too deep or the builder's in too deep, and they're shaking their heads and saying, it didn't start this way. It was going to be a, free, a GE freestanding range from the Sears showroom, and now we're down here uh, looking at Vikings Vikings and Wolf stoves, and they don't understand why the budget is so far out of sight. The stove started out as this General Electric for $2,500, and here's this $12,000 Wolf stove coming off the back of a truck that does not fit with any type of the decor that was initially conceived. A few years ago, around uh, around the corner from my house, I'm, I live in a historic district. And I, I have a, uh, a craftsman, a historic craftsman home. But around the corner, there was a craftsman home that somebody came in and restored. Beautiful from the street. You walk inside, and it is a, a modern kitchen. It's really cool, but it belongs in a loft. And they spent too much money, and they couldn't sell the house. Well, they did. They finally sold the house, but they couldn't sell it to the highest paying buyer. The highest paying buyer is going to be an emotional buyer that wants that kind of a character and charm. And 
they didn't get that buyer. They got a buyer that's just settled and they paid less. I'm positive they paid less. And it was just, oh, and I'm sure the owner was like, gosh, I wish somebody told me. Well, hey, we're here. I'm a real estate agent. Call me. That's, Call your real estate agent. That's just it. Like, you see far more, far more homes than I do as a builder. We're engaged from six months to a year and a half on a home. You're in and out of homes on Caravan every Thursday. Yeah. You're seeing all of these things, and you're struck by them. And you also know what just what you just now described, what works and what doesn't, because the end result uh, dictates that to you. And, then, and if you don't really care and you just want to fix up your house the way you want to fix it up, that's fine too, but at least you know. That's fine and dandy. Uh, some people have personal odds, uh, tastes and fine, fair, and well, and you sort of take it in the end related to how it's got to be marketed and what it's going to sell for. Jamie, we have not even talked about your um, how people uh, get in contact with you. Tell oh, everybody how to hey, my, call you, email, website, whatever you... My, uh, my contact information, I'm here in Altadena, California, which is right above the crown jewel city of the San Gabriel Valley, Pasadena, California. Ooh. And uh, my website, uh, which is rather lengthy, I apologize, is www.systemsbuildingincorporated.com. Good luck with that. My email address, uh, that is contractinginfo at sbcglobal.net. And our office phone, 626-794-4435. Jamie, thank you very, very much for coming. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know you're a very busy guy. I know you charge gobs of money by the hour. And uh, this well, is only, it's only in relation to the litigation. <laughs> uh, we are very reasonable in our um, in our contracting. About half of that. Well, we're um, we're a live show. We'll, we'll be on uh, next week. Uh, next week we have Kathy Blonde, who is a reverse mortgage specialist. And uh, we also our future shows are going to be talking about how to kill a deal. We'll be talking about commercial real estate, a lot of other stuff. So thank you for uh, listening. You're in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and you can reach me at uh, mikebell at kw.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, you too. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.